the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well... Good morning when the full moon is shining and something or other is howling, when the snickering grins of jack-o'-lanterns glow from brightly lit porches and ghosts with their bags full of treats come walking down their streets and shouting trick-or-treat to all they meet and the watchful parents follow behind. It's time for Halloween. Halloween is celebration that is funny and spooky and nostalgic all at once. But don't let the fun be spoiled by getting hurt. It's a time to be serious about safety 
first and foremost. Remind the kids to look right, then left, then right again when crossing the street, and no running out in the street between parked cars. Tell them to stay on one side of the street, and then we're going to get down to the other, get down to the end of the street, and we'll cross over and do the other side. Also, make sure their costumes don't contribute to trips and falls. Have the kids uh, carry glow sticks. That'll help them see, and uh, also to be seen by drivers. You choose uh, face paint or makeup instead of masks, because masks, hey, they can obstruct their vision. I, I look at some of the masks, and I can't see the eyes, so I don't see how they're seeing out of these things. And if they object... Remind them that, hey, people who recognize them will give them more loot because they recognize them. They, they, they won't give as much loot as they know. So, we drivers, we need to slow down and be especially alert in residential neighborhoods. The children are excited, and you know them. They'll move in unpredictable ways. I mean, <laughs> I've been out there. Hey, they're... And we, we give them in those instructions. We'll march down the street, then we'll go across the street. That lasts for a little bit, but it's almost like uh, a corralling uh, a cat. You know, they first thing they see is somebody is getting more good stuff across the street, and they're dashing across the street, and then they're dashing back this way too. So, hey, the children are excited, and they move, and they. No one can predict what they're going to do next. And one last word about the pets. You know, with chocolates and other treats, you got tinfoil and cellophane, candy wrappers, and they can all be hazardous swallowed by the pets. And with the pets, uh, you know, if the children and their costumes are going to frighten the animals and keep them in another room, or if you're afraid that your pet might dart outside when the door is open, why, uh, you know, be careful there, too. And uh, whether you're into haunted houses or hayrides or uh, pitching pumpkins or going through uh, corn mazes, many communities have scheduled events for Halloween and the days leading up to Halloween. So in our village of Wellington, they're having a downtown trick-or-treat today, today from uh, 10.30 to noon. And will also be regularly scheduled trick-or-treating on Halloween from 6 p.m. to 7.30. And uh, basically, if you're out there, it's all, it's all wonderful. Just be careful of your children. And also, if you're a driver, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're following your schedule and your routines until suddenly... Uh, you see a lot of children, and you suddenly remember, oh, uh, this is Halloween time. So uh, look forward to it and uh, be ready before you uh, uh, see the first little uh, uh, costumed ghoul uh, or witch or something like that. So in any case, it's a wonderful time of the year, but uh, impress upon the youngsters. Be careful. and. Uh, Here's another thing for the parents, you know, uh, here's a cute idea for bartering with your children to get that precious candy out of their hands. Uh, that'll also reduce the uh, sugar highs 
and uh, it'll also uh, keep the place neat and clean because they stash this candy, their loot, they stash it all over the house. So here's a way of getting out of their hands in exchange for something useful. Have you ever heard about the Switch Witch? The Switch Witch uh, wears a crooked hat, and she's on the hunt for candy to feed her nasty cat. She likes the brightest lollipops, the green shoes, and the blue. And if you have some bubble gum, the cat would like that too. After trick-or-treating, pick out some things you want to keep, and then put the rest in a basket or a bucket something to swap while you're asleep. Only when you're snoozing, the switch witch will drop in. She'll take the candy in the bucket, and who knows what she'll put in there. You might wake up to find a toy or a book or a bear or something for your piggy bank or a fun game to share. So give the witch your brightest treats for a cat, and in the morning you'll find a switch upon your bed. So it's, it's a method of gathering that candy uh, out of their little hands before they do some damage with it. So uh, let's get think about uh, the finances and the the uh, economy and things to this nature. This is basically a down week for the U.S. stocks and uh, for the longer duration bonds too. Uh, the three major stock indices: the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Standard and Poor 500 and the Nasdaq Composite. They all closed down for the week. Investors continued to survey the the mixed uh, third quarter earnings reports. Most of the reports were good. If anything, uh, you know, some of your uh, uh, magnificent seven took a hit uh, uh, strictly because, hey, with the uh, with the multiples these uh, magnificent seven have, uh, you've got to be good all the time. It can't be just. You've got to be perfect all the time, not just good. So, uh, you know, they, they take a look at the third quarter earnings as well as the corporate guidance for the fourth quarter and beyond. And about half of the standard of poor companies have uh, reported uh, by Friday. And uh, I think 78% of them beat their estimates. So investors continue to speculate that the Federal Reserve uh, you know, meeting. They're going to meet Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. And most economists are expecting the Federal Reserve to continue their five and a quarter to five and a half percent uh, uh, federal funds or overnight rates. So, but investors are hoping for some information with regard to the Federal Reserve's plan for beginning to lower the interest rates in the future. And uh, hoping is, uh, you know, I hope we just don't end, end up with this usual, well, we're going to continue it for longer. So uh, basically you're seeing uh, this week you saw stock market losses as well as bond market uh, losses, uh, particularly the intermediate, you know, like intermediate uh, 7 to 12 year and also the longer maturity treasuries uh they they're everything's approaching five percent the 10-year treasury has touched five percent this week and uh i remember it was four percent at the start of the uh, uh third quarter so 
they're moving up, and uh, hopefully they'll stop at five, but there's no telling. Uh, the higher the rates go, uh, it puts a strain on housing, real estate, uh, computer finance, uh, uh, even the personal finance. Uh, all sorts of loans go up, and and uh, everyone got used to low interest rates after the Great Recession and the COVID stimulus, and these uh, these high rates would be a big headwind uh, for any economic opportunities. So uh, investors are concerned that the bond yields are surging uh, for the intermediate and longer maturity treasuries. Uh, how high will they go? Many argue that the interest rate increases are due to concerns about the U.S. deficits. Uh, if you recall, you know, when, we were, when the government ran up against the debt limit uh, a while ago, I think it was June, and uh, they, they negotiated their way past that. They got rid of the debt uh, ceiling for a while. And uh, so now the... the uh, the federal government is pouring out the bonds to make up for lost time. And, uh, uh, you know, so Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen at an event uh, uh, the other day at Bloomberg's Washington Bureau discussed the notion that the biggest sell-off of long-term treasuries in more than 40 years had uh, much of anything to do with the exploding U.S. budget deficit. She said, uh, quote, it's a reflection of the resilience that people are seeing in the U.S. economy. And uh, that's what she said after the government reported that the gross domestic product uh, grew faster than forecast in the third quarter. We'll talk about that in a second. The economy, quote, the economy has continued to show tremendous robustness, and that suggests that interest rates are likely to stay higher for longer. And uh, and the deficit, which hit two trillion dollars on an adjusted basis in the in the fiscal fiscal year that just ended, uh, you know, the government uh, federal government's fiscal year runs from the uh, End of September, well, it's, it starts October 1st uh, and goes till uh, uh, September 30th, whatever, whatever, how many days are there in September 30th, 31? So, uh, so right now we're at fiscal uh, 2024. So, and this deficit uh, for 2023, uh, I think it was. It depends upon where you're looking. In some cases, it's noted as 1.7 trillion. Uh, some cases, noted as 2 trillion. But in any event, the government is borrowing a lot of money, and uh, what you're seeing is that uh, the deficit this year for fiscal 2024 is again going to be approximately 2 trillion dollars. So, um, what's happening is that the there's a lot of uh, treasuries coming on the market, and uh, uh, when that happens, it's a matter of supply and demand. So if there isn't a demand for it, then you find that your yields go up and your uh, bond value goes down. So 
U.S. Treasuries more than any other financial market have a huge impact on U.S. households and companies. The higher the Treasury yields go, the more expensive it gets to borrow money to uh, buy a house or a car or start a business. So uh, the Treasury Chief, uh, Janet Yellen, said it's not clear that interest rates will stay high in the long run. She recalled that uh, for decades, structural forces such as the demographics, you know, who are getting older, uh, have uh, driven interest rates down. Uh, quote, these underlying trends, they're still here, she said. So I think it's perfectly possible that we'll see longer-term yields come down, but nobody really knows for sure. So uh, there's that concern in the investor community, too. And on Thursday, uh, we did get a report from the Commerce Department uh, that showed that the real GDP growth accelerated in the third quarter accelerated to a 4.9% annualized rate. And uh, that's more than double the second quarter rate of uh, 2.1% and the first quarter rate of uh, 2.2%. So that showed the strength of the household demand was due to a multitude of factors. And the biggest ones are robust uh, hiring. You can, anybody can get a job. Uh, you know, solid job gains, not, not not as great as inflation, but still solid in the in the historical sense, and a record surge of household wealth coming into this year. So, spending on services uh, this quarter, or the past quarter, rose by the most in two years, while outlays for goods also accelerated. So, and this. Uh, what you're seeing is that the inflation may be getting stickier. Uh, this week, we got another measure of inflation for September, and that was the personal consumption expenditure uh, price index, and the it's called the PCE, and it's similar to the consumer price index, but it uses a different methodology and. There's a different basket of goods and services. Most of the the consumer price index is put out by the Department of Labor, and the personal consumption expenditure uh, price increase index is put out by the Commerce Department. Uh, They're they're somewhat similar, but they're different in the sense that they've got a different uh, basket of, uh, of things that they track. And also, the uh, Federal Reserve prefers the personal consumption expenditure price index as opposed to the CPI. So uh, they look at the basically they glue their eyes on the on the core uh, PCE uh, price index. And what you saw for uh, uh, September. Uh, uh, the core PCE, well, that, that means uh, without uh, fuel, food or fuel, uh, that increased uh, uh, in September, increased three-tenths of a percent from uh, August, and uh, it increased 3.7% over the 12-month period that ended in September. And if you look back and say, okay, 
what did it do at, for September? What did it do in August? Uh, it increased uh, one-tenth of a percent uh, in the month of August. That's versus three-tenths of a percent that is increased in uh, September. And uh, for the 12-month uh, period, uh, uh, in August, uh, the increase was 3.8%, and in September, it went down to 3.7%. So what you're seeing there is the uh, the 12-month did not change a great deal. It went from 3.8% to 3.7%. The monthly part did increase uh, uh, significantly for the uh, the core uh, PCE uh, price index. So um, gives you an idea of it, maybe the maybe the stickiness. You have to. We did, we did expect that in terms of when you get down into the two and three percent numbers. And the goal of the uh, uh, the Federal Reserve is two percent, but. Uh, once you get down into the, these lower numbers, it becomes stickier in terms of getting this inflation rate down. Uh, sooner or later, uh, if they can get it down to, let's say, less than 3 or somewhere between uh, 2% and 3%, there'll probably be a, a, a discussion about what's so special about 2%. But uh, they're not ready to... To start that discussion yet, uh, I think the discussion I'd like to see, and everybody would like to see, is whether these rates going to come down. So, uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, the performance this week, there was another mixed week uh, for stocks and bonds in the U.S. The three major stock indices: uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard and Poor. 500 and the Nasdaq Composite were all down for the week. Uh, this was the third week of earnings uh, uh, for the third uh, quarter, and investors were seeing a uh, uh, a mixed bag uh, regarding earnings, plus the headwinds of uh, headwinds that are difficult to interpret and assess. Uh, some of the headwinds would be higher interest rates for the longer maturity bonds. Another one would be the slump in the home building and home sales. You know, with the 30-year fixed rate mortgages, uh, they're up to 7.9%, according to the uh, Mortgage Bankers Association. Uh, the savings rate is going down. Uh, the savings rate right now is about... 3.4% in September. That's from uh, uh, 3.9% in August. Uh, basically, the fiscal, I mentioned this before, the, the fiscal drag from Washington with its deficit for fiscal 2023 approaching uh, approximately $1.7 and anticipating a $2 trillion deficit in uh, uh, fiscal year 2024. So, and the United States is not alone. Uh, in the UK, the FTSE was uh, FTSE 100, 
was down for the week, while in the uh, Eurozone, uh, European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the uh, Stock 600 Europe were both down for the week. And in Asia, Japan's Nikkei 225 was down for the week. But in China, uh, Hong Kong, Hang Seng, and the Shanghai uh, Composite were both up for the week. Hmm. So on Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones closed at 32,417.58. So it was down 2.14% for the week. The standard of 500 closed at 4,117.37, and it was down uh, 2.53% for the week. And the uh, the NASDAQ composite closed at uh, 12,643.01, and it was down uh, uh, 2.63% uh, for the week. So uh, all in all, the the, uh, the earnings were not that bad, but they, they weren't... Uh, 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 it required, it, everything has got to be perfect now in terms of the earnings. So uh, what you're seeing here is that the economy is, is uh, uh, picked up ahead of steam. I don't know how long it's going to last, this uh, idea of the, uh, uh, the real GDP going up at a rate of uh, 4.9% for the third quarter is uh, outstanding. Uh, but uh, there have been predictions that the fourth quarter would see numbers like uh, seven-tenths of one percent. Now, I don't, uh, uh, I think you might see some people recalculating what they're going to predict for the, for the fourth quarter uh, numbers, but uh, uh, the, what the Federal Reserve is looking at is uh, their goal so far to slow the economy down, and that will reduce the demand and will reduce the inflation. Uh, now we seem to be uh, having numbers here that show that uh, this economy is really strong. Uh, you know, we've talked about the employment numbers before. Uh, the uh, good part about the employment numbers before was that. Uh, uh, the the numbers were strong. Everybody had a job, and the uh, wages were not going up uh, tremendously fast. In other words, they they were going up at a tune of about four percent per year. Well, uh, we'll see how that goes with regard to the future. Now, I think uh, uh, with regard to the order strike, I think the uh, Ford and, and the UAW are very close to uh, reaching an agreement if they haven't reached it already. Uh, basically, it calls for a 25% a wage increase over a little bit over a four year period, uh, plus uh, 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 cost of living uh, increases each year. So, uh, there was some mention about the uh, the uh, 
health insurance too, but there wasn't any great detail that was released so far. So uh, you still have General Motors out there. You still have uh, Stellantis. Uh, uh, you still have to uh, reach accommodations with the UAW. Uh, I didn't see the, the in the agreement with uh, Ford. I didn't see where the uh, battery plants. There was a uh, bone of contention between Ford and the UAW about the uh, whether the union is, would be included in the uh, uh, the new battery plants that the automotive companies are setting up. So we'll see how that you know turns out. So. In the big picture, the economy is strong. Uh, inflation has come down considerably. Uh, the big question now is, are we going to keep these uh, high interest rates going? And how high are they really going to go now? Because the, the longer duration of moving on their own, and the Federal Reserve has no control of the uh, long duration bonds. and. Uh, so uh, uh, got a good, strong economy, and uh, will that strength of the economy reignite uh, inflation and make the job even more difficult? So those are questions uh, about uh, uh, the future. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight eight eight. Two eight one eleven ten. That's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Now, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in Welcome a flash he did the match this is your host this morning Jim McAleese you know getting along with this uh, Halloween spirit here's a poem by uh, Susan Cooper it goes like this. There's a chill in the air. The winds blow gently. The leaves rustle and move. The night is dark and the moon is small. A dog barks in the distance. 
a cat yowls to herald the coming night. Lights go on at every house. It's almost the witching hour. Then they appear, all manners of ghosts and witches and goblins. I hear their screams and their shrill laughter. The doorbell rings. Do I answer it? Do I dare? What will await me if I do? Well, the doorbell persists. I take a chance. My eyes are wide. And the ring, the briefcase rings out. Trick or treat, it's Halloween night. So that's what we're going to see until until the last day of October. So in some cases, it'll be hauling the kids down to the city uh, during the daylight hours. Other cases, it'll be taking them out in the the evening uh, in the darkness and watching them fumble across lawns. They go as fast as they can and the uh, uh, accumulation of the great loot and uh, fill up their little uh, pillowcases or buckets, whatever they're carrying with them. So uh, it's a wonderful time of the year to start of the holiday season. It's, uh, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, it's a good time. So along with that, you know, we just talked about the uh, uh, the picture, the big picture with regard to the big economy, uh, and uh, you know the economy is fine. It's it, and the investments are fine. They're they're uh, bogged down for a bit right now. But uh, the thing that we have to uh, project and, and look closely at is our financial plan. You know, well, we've got goals. Have you written down the goals? I'm sure you have. Uh, now you've got to put a little uh, bone, meat on the bones in terms of saying, okay, uh, I know when I'm going to retire. I know when I'm going. the kids are going to go to school. I know uh, we need a new house. Uh, I know this. And, you know, you, you've, you've laid out your goals. And you've got an idea of when, they're, uh, when it's going to occur, when the events are going to occur. And you have a rough idea of what the costs are going to be. And here you sit and uh, you say, how am I going to meet meet these uh, costs in the future? And the idea here is that you have to manage your your, uh, assets and manage the uh, income. You know, wherever the income comes from, if it's uh, uh, one paycheck or two paychecks or it's uh, rental property income or wherever it's coming from, uh, a certain amount has to be set aside in terms of uh, uh, savings. It has to be you have to save it and uh, uh, not spend it. That's the biggest part about saving. And not spending it, you have to save it and put it away. Then, like a mother hen, you have to uh, keep track of, of uh, this nest egg and how it's growing and. Uh, uh, to make changes as necessary, and it's a it's a control. Uh, it helps you control your your financial future, and also your immediate future in terms of what your standard of living is after you uh, allocate so much for saving for retirement, for education, and for 
marriages and all the rest of this stuff. And uh, uh, you have to take care of all these things and uh, use that plan as a yardstick and as a roadmap, a roadmap for how am I going to get from here to my goals, and a yardstick in terms of saying, well, uh, something new has happened. Uh, uh, I really want to change my goals from uh, what I had before to something new. Well, uh, you do have a goal. You do have a roadmap already. And where do you want to make the changes? And how do you how do you want to make the changes? And those are things you have to pay attention to. And uh, from now until you're basically uh, ninety years old, and I maybe. Maybe by that time it'll they'll be there'll be the life expectancy will be up to a hundred. So uh, <clears throat> just get used to it. It's it's a necessary thing to do, and uh, if you don't do it, uh, you'll pay a price for it uh, uh, way down the road where it's really too late to recoup. So this is Jim McAlee. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back. Goods. Uh, 
And within services, the largest contribution was the increase in uh, uh, what they call other services. One of the big things there was international travel. Uh, but uh, if you count uh, from what I'm seeing, people are, you know, people are enjoying things that they couldn't enjoy during the COVID. So you're seeing much more travel. You're seeing much more uh, evenings out for supper and things of this nature. You're certainly seeing football games and basketball games, and and uh, you're seeing concerts and everything else. So um, people are getting back to normal, and they're enjoying it, and uh, maybe enjoying it too much. But uh, sooner or later, uh, you know, you did without something, now you're making up for lost time, and sooner or later that'll slow down uh, and get back to a more normal uh, case. And uh, uh, what you saw in the spending for goods in September, the main spending was on auto vehicles and parts and also on pharmaceuticals. And uh, that's that's been true for a while. In other words, during the COVID situation, the only place that you could spend your money was on goods through uh, Walmart or, uh, you know, um, so uh, Amazon. So basically, that's where you spent your money. No services. Now people are spending their money on services. But you saw, again, going back to this idea of we're spending more than we're uh, making, uh, you know, the personal income for uh, uh, September, and the increase in personal income for September was $77.8 billion. So the spending increased uh, three-tenths of 1%. Uh, the previous month, August, it increased $94.08 billion. And then if I take a look at the other side of the ledger and say, okay, uh, what is my personal consumption expenditure? How much did I spend? Well, uh, September, I spent an uh, increase in spending uh, was a hundred and uh, the spending was a hundred and thirty-eight point seven billion, and that was a seven tenths of a percent. So my income increased seventy-seven point eight billion. And my spending increased 138 billion. So, and uh, and if we take inflation into account, we talk about a real uh, uh, purchases. And uh, for August or for September, what we saw, if we take uh, uh, inflation into account, the real personal consumption expenditure. Increased four tenths of a percent in the of that. The goods part increased uh, five tenths of one percent, and the uh, part of it was durable goods that increased one point one percent. Part of it was non-durable that only increased zero point two percent. So uh, the the uh, in that part in that particular report, they also give us the uh, personal consumption expenditure price index numbers. And 
I indicated before how their their, their calculated is very similar to the uh, consumer price index, but there are differences in the methodology, and there are differences in in the basket of goods in the Federal. The big thing is the Federal Reserve likes to see the personal consumption expenditure at the in the core, the core personal consumption expenditure. Uh, price index. That's the one they want to see in terms of their concept of inflation. And the thing you saw there was that uh, the uh, monthly uh, core personal consumption expenditure increased three-tenths of one percent in September as opposed to one-tenth of a percent in August. And over a 12-month period, uh, September Personal consumption expenditure increased 3.7% and as opposed to 3.8% in August. So uh, the long-term number went down. The short-term number went, went basically up. Uh, to me, it was, a, it was a case of uh, we're getting close to, to closer down to the uh, target of 2%, so it's becoming more or more difficult to attain. Uh, sooner or later, we're going to get into that discussion about what's so special about 2%, uh, but we're not there yet, and uh, they're not going to touch that until they get fairly close to it. Otherwise, they'll be accused of moving the goalpost. Uh, then if we take a look at the, uh, uh, the real gross domestic product, how much has the economy grown after taking into account inflation? What you see is that that number came out on Thursday, according to the Commerce Department. Uh, the uh, U.S. economy grew at the fastest pace in nearly two years in the last in the last quarter. The growth is due to a burst in uh, consumer spending. Uh, which will apparently theoretically be tested in the coming months. Uh, the report shows that the real gross domestic product accelerated uh, to a 4.9% annualized rate, more than double the uh, second quarter pace. That's according to the government's pre- preliminary estimate. In other words, this estimate of 4.9%, that'll be reviewed two more times. In other words, at the end of the, the next time you'll see the uh, estimate for the end of the third quarter will be in the end of November when they'll uh, revise that. Uh, the economy's main growth engine, personal spending, jumped 4%, also the most since uh, 2021. And if I take a look at the the advanced estimate of third quarter uh, real GDP puts growth at 4.9% after 2.1% growth in the second quarter and a 2.2% growth in the first quarter. All major components of the gross domestic product made positive contribution except for a small decline in net exports. Uh, the largest contribution uh, is from the 4% rise in personal consumption expenditure, 
in addition, spending on durable goods rose 7.6% in the third quarter and includes solid buying of big-ticket items like motor vehicles, um, non-durable spending uh, rose 3.3% in the third quarter, in part due to increases in energy costs, which include uh, rising gasoline prices. So spending on services rose 3.6% in the quarter, and basically some of which can be attributed to ongoing uh, outward price pressures uh, for the housing, for the non-housing services. Uh, government consumption expenditure also climbed 4.6% in the third quarter, and gross investments uh, also made solid contributions to the third quarter GDP. So, uh, what do we have here? The, the durability. Looking ahead, the durability of the economic momentum for the fourth quarter uh, supposedly will help Federal Reserve officials determine whether to raise the interest rates again. Many economists expect uh, the growth to slow down in the following months of the year as borrowing costs limit purchases of uh, big ticket items and student loan payments resume. So. Uh, but should demand stay robust, it risks keeping inflation above the central bank's 2% goal and may warrant uh, tighter monetary policy. So, uh, you know, what you see, another thing you see is that part of that number, uh, that increase of 4.9%, part of that uh, was due to growth in inventories, and inventories added 1.3%. To the, to the third quarter GDP. And uh, uh, business investments declined for the first time in two years on a drop in allies for equipment and uh, net exports uh, subtracted from the GDP. So the current dollar uh, GDP uh, stands at $27.62 trillion. In other words, if you want to know how big the U.S. economy is, it's uh, $27.62 trillion. So uh, that's basically, basically good news and shows that the economy is growing. It also gives you a, a, a value to compare to the deficit, or not the deficit so much as the national debt. The national debt stands at about $33 trillion. In other words, that's what we owe to, that's what the number of bonds that the Department of Treasury uh, has uh, um, um, put out on the market is uh, uh, something like over $33 trillion. Now, part of that is in the hands of Investors, and those investors include foreign governments as well as banks and individuals in the United States and basically all around the world. But uh, those are pretty big numbers if you realize what we're what, what we're paying for here. Another thing we see in uh, you know this week 
uh, we saw the durable goods orders are going up. And this week, orders for durable manufactured goods uh, significantly increased in September. According to the Department of Commerce's report, the monthly advanced report on durable goods manufacturers, shipments, inventories, and orders for September, new orders for durable manufactured goods in September increased 4.7% or $13.2 billion uh, to $297.2 billion. So that, that's after a one-tenth of 1% 1 decrease in August. In September, the uh, the increase in orders came from uh, a big jump in commercial aircraft and Basically, what the airlines do is if they're going to buy aircraft, they buy them in bulk uh, to get the biggest discount, strictly because uh, aircraft are expensive. You know, a 737 has a list price of uh, $95 million, which is a lot of money, but hey, an airplane is a money-making piece of machinery. It's probably in the air for 12 hours a day, seven days a week. So uh, it gets heavily used, and when it's, once it gets done being used in the United States, it gets shuffled off to some foreign country somewhere. So uh, the total commercial aircraft orders uh, for September, $32.4 billion. Uh, machinery orders for September, $38.1 billion. Uh, fabricated Metal products, $36.3 billion. Uh, computers and electronics, electronic products, $24.9 billion. Electrical equipment, uh, $14.58 billion. So uh, what you're seeing is this is a pretty, pretty powerful economy, economy you've got here. And uh, uh, you see... You're seeing uh, new orders go up at 4.7% just in one month, in the month of September. And uh, uh, you see transportation equipment uh, going up 12.7% in one month. And the civilian aircraft went up 92% in one month. So... Uh, there's a lot of big numbers that, uh, in this economy. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Come back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Are you ready for Halloween? How ready you want to get is strictly up to you. Some people decorate their lawns like a graveyard. Others just turn on the porch light so the kids know they're welcome. In any case, half the fun of Halloween is watching the youngsters. When you open the door, they come in all shapes and sizes. Some are basically old hands at this. They know the ropes. The trick is to dash across the lawn, uh, across the street without getting run over, collect the most loot. Others, they're totally bewildered. This is something new. They hold out their bag or their pillowcase, and people throw candy bars into them. They're hanging on to their older brother or sister's hand. And when the older sibling 
picks up the pace, they're running as fast as they can. But it's fascinating to try to understand what makes them tick. Here's a little story about a smart little boy named Mickey. Bright orange silk pumpkins and green gourds and fall leaves were scurrying through the halls of St. Bartholomew's as the first through the sixth graders arrived, well costumes for their for their fall parent musicale. Some children were repeating their lines just one more time. Others were practicing their bending exercises so they could imitate fall trees on stage. Mickey, however, was on a more inquisitive tour of the snack table, being prepared for families after the play. At one end of the long table sat a gorgeous pyramid of polished, shiny apples and a large glass bowl decorated with a fall festive uh, trough of bittersweet. In front of the apples was a sign that said, Take only one, God is watching. Mickey reminded that God did not like greedy children. At the other end were some warm chocolate brownies. So delighted, Mickey yelled out, Come down, look at what I found. Take all you want. God is busy watching the apples. So this week, we we have to be careful and watch out for the little people. And may God protect you and keep you safe until we meet again. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090 where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.